when you're in that growth period, there's like, okay, you got your first couple of years, you're going, and then all of a sudden you hit that ramp. And then you're hitting that ramp, and then all of a sudden we've got to switch accounting softwares because we can't handle it. I've been there. I've been right in the middle of it. And it's like, oh, wow, there's a hindrance now all of a sudden, and it wasn't the right time. So what we wanted to do was have an upgrade path and start up to exit. And that exit sometimes can also be like merging or we got bought by like another company. That's what the upgrade path is for. Welcome to the SMB Tech Innovators podcast powered by Gusto. On this show, we explore the intersection of fintech, vertical SaaS, and how software combats the rising complexity of running a business. Our goal is to share stories, advice, and best practices from the leaders and investors behind today's cutting-edge platforms. Here's your host, Brian Bush. This episode of the SMB Tech Innovators podcast, my guest is Kurt Kunzelman, the CEO and founder of Accounting Suite, the collaborative cloud accounting and inventory platform for SMBs. Kurt, welcome to the show and thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, Brian. I'm so happy to be here and be a part of your show. Well, I appreciate that. I'm excited to dive in. But first, let's anchor for the audience. Tell us a little bit about your background and briefly why you founded Accounting Suite. Oh, thank you, Brian. Well, my background, I'm an accountant, musician. I started an internet label back in the 90s. I went through an IPO with my first company that I was an employee at back in the 90s. Started a 501c3 music charity, first programmed back in the 80s. I actually got to play with my friend's dad's accounting software back in the 80s. Then also did work in investment banking. And then I spent a lot of time consulting. And during the consulting, I was basically consulting. I was also a sage and an Intuit reseller. And what happened was around 2011, 2012, started kind of looking around. And one of the things I noticed is that between Zero and NetSuite on the cloud, there wasn't really a lot of solutions there. And that was because I was selling against NetSuite. And at the same time, also, not that I was selling against Zero, but a lot of the leads that we were getting were either coming from Zero or coming from QuickBooks. And because of a dog park in San Francisco, I had met up with another developer and that was actually tied into the music business because my music business partner was the one that made the intro. So what happened is we started creating kind of a cloud accounting ERP, like a little mini ERP for this space between zero to NetSuite. So that's the background and that's why I saw the need for creating accounting suite. Fantastic. And maybe just to go a little deeper, give us the two minutes. Hey, what is accounting suite today that goes just a little bit deeper than the customizable accounting inventory platform for SMBs? Right. So what is accounting suite today? Maybe what I'll do is I'll talk about like ideal customer, right? We're like startup product companies. So you see a lot of these companies come on Shark Tank. They come on, we got this product. We want to sell this product. They're a perfect candidate because we handle the consignment aspect. Like when you put product in Amazon, a lot of times that's really consignment. You're just shipping product to an Amazon warehouse and you have to track it. So our thing has always been, hey, if you want to track your stuff, that's what we're here for. In today's world, because there's 
vendor warehouses, there's drop shipping, there's consignment, plus there's the e-commerce. That's where we really fit because these smaller companies, there's not a lot of solutions ready to do that. Yes, if you're enterprise and you've been doing that for 20 years, sure, you have all of this. Even in the mid-market, there's solutions for that, right? But for the small startup product companies or just for the smaller product companies, it's hard for them to find a solution to manage all of this. I want to dive in just a little bit deeper on this. And you know, as I think about this show and a lot of the press in this space, we talk about tech. We talk about tech for SMBs. And the truth is, I think that underweights a little bit the role that skilled advisors play. And by that, I mean the accountants, the bookkeepers, even the consultants that are core to the SMB ecosystem, that are core to helping these businesses thrive. I know that's an important part of the ecosystem that Accounting Suite has built. And of course, your background coming as an accountant yourself before you started founding companies, or maybe along the way as you founded companies. But let's talk just a little bit, you know, as you've seen sort of that evolution, finding that space between, as you said, sort of zero and NetSuite, how is that role of those skilled advisors for SMBs, how has that changed? How has that evolved over the past decade plus that you all have been in business? Yeah, that's a great question because the ledger has become more like, you know, digital, right? And of course, it's more automagic and it's more integrated than ever before. And what it's done is it's allowed for more collaboration points than ever before. Before it was, say, leave your computer on and put on PC anywhere. And then an accountant will say, okay, I'll go in at like 9 p.m. Well, even before that was, well, you have to come to the office and you have to meet. And so the collaboration with accountants was very different. And so the last 10 to 20 years, let's say 10, 15, 20 years, but especially in the last 10 years, the collaboration of the skilled advisor, the accountant, the bookkeeper, the CPA, the tax attorney, anyone invested in the financial health of the company, it's so much more collaborative. I mean, you can have scenarios where your tax person, your bookkeeper, the CFO are all like in the system at the exact same time. And you can actually be chatting with each other through the system, right? And like, oh, here's this file, here's that file, here's this file, here's that file. Of course, security is huge concern. And there's a lot of technologies that are just for that. I mean, literally in our ecosystem, that's all they do, like document management and security, things of that nature. But that's where the role has really changed. I mean, those things still exist where people drop off like a shoebox of receipts and then someone does some write-up. So those things still exist, but the space has changed so much because of this ability for all these technologies in our ecosystem to create collaboration. So that's, I would say, one of the main things that I've seen change in their role. One, well, here we are speaking right around the proverbial tax day. So that image, dropping off the box of receipts and hoping somebody else deals with it, I think resonates. What I hear you saying is how important collaboration has become for the role of these advisors. And I imagine that your platform as a technology tool, you try to facilitate that collaboration. It's probably going beyond just the customization and just the inventory or the accounting management. Like you're not just keeping the ledger. You have to think about connecting the dots amongst the people who care about the data in the ledger. So 
Talk a little bit, to what extent are those skilled advisors, maybe accountants in particular, how do they help you go to market? I assume that they're a part of that, maybe referring clients. And how have you thought about trying to build features, functionality that actually help advance that part of the go-to-market? So I'm going to start with the second one, which is the features. Is So example, like inside of Accounting Suite, there's actually a video chat within. So if you log in and I log in, tax attorney logs in, an employee logs in, and this can be anywhere on the planet, right? And we all log in at the same time. We can go in and actually there's a little video chat button so we can start chatting each other. Now, what we can do is you can actually tag transactions, say, oh, go check out this one. And then you can have a conversation on each transaction live at the same time. So rather than getting on planes and cars and traffic and all the other kind of stuff, you can just do it whenever. So you just make like a plan time. So that's like some of the big stuff that we've been doing to make that collaboration happen. So as long as you just add someone as a user, so it could be to add to the collaboration. Yes, it's the skilled advisor. It's maybe the CPA, like a tax person, the employees, the business owner. At the same time, though, you could also bring in, let's say that you did have a vendor warehouse, like you have a drop shipper or something that you work with all the time. Well, we have questions for the drop shipper. Oh, okay, let's add them. Because you added that drop shipper to your system, right? Just whatever rights you want to give them, maybe just this person to do like an item receipt or something. But yeah, so that way you, you can do that. Now, coming back to the other part, which is our accountants being part of our business model. I got to tell you, when we first started, and I'll give you a little kind of history, we first started like, oh, we're going to just launch in the music industry and we're going to be just working with companies and that's it which is the same thing that Zero realized years ago when they launched, they started with accountants and Sage realized years ago when they launched, they started with accountants. Well, we quickly found that, oh, wow, okay, these people like our software, but their accountant doesn't know about it. That was within like two or three years. We finally realized that, okay, we do need to kind of switch gears here. And so basically we kind of flipped the model and said, okay, well, we're still going to keep it as a small business accounting and inventory product, but now we're going to go get more involved with the accounting ecosystem. And we had worked with a couple accountants, like one or two. And what we started doing was going to all the conferences, but we also started including the accountants in the product development. So as we started adding more accountants, I mean, they're not like at all of our product meetings, but it's just a matter of like, okay, well, we're going to be building this out. Do you want to be a part of this? And actually showing them during prototyping and during the development process. So what happened is we started going to more and more shows and just kind of doing that, like, hey, this is what we're doing. What do you think? This is what we're doing. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? And so as we developed, as like, okay, we're going to make it so that the accountants are happy because they'll be able to use it and things of that nature. We still need to make sure that the business owners can use it and the employees. But I think that really kind of hit a trigger with the accountants, because what we hear a lot of times like, oh, this looks like a lot of thought got put in this for like accountants. It's like, well, yeah, because we built it with you. We rebuilt it with you, I should say. That really helped out a lot. And so that's kind of one of the things that we really pride ourselves on. And it was kind of a fun experience. Now we have these partner programs and all these 
certifications. And so we really want our accountants and skilled advisors to get certified first, learn it, have a really personalized experience. And once they have that, then they can go out and then work with their clients and say, hey, is this right for you? And we also built like a playground for them. So they have a way to quickly demo to their customers. Well, I know Gusto has been on something of a similar journey, but I feel like what I'm hearing is sort of this gradual recognition that you need to think about all the stakeholders who make your customers successful. In this case, the accountants, those skilled advisors play a really important role for that niche, the businesses you said between zero and NetSuite, especially the product focused companies. I love the Shark Take example and recognizing the role that they play. I think that's something that's often overlooked, especially by some of the newer vertical SaaS companies. And there may be a shift to focus on, hey, we want to make it seamless or we want to sort of do it for the customer. But that role of, hey, there's a broader ecosystem who helps support your customer. To what extent do they have a role in your product and your go-to-market? I think is always a fascinating question. The other thing that strikes me about Accounting Suite is just the breadth of functionality that you offer. I mean, obviously there's the core accounting and inventory, some reports I assume that come with that, but there's banking integrations, there's CPQ, an invoicing tool, there are e-commerce and payments processing, inventory we talked about, but there's time tracking. I mean, there's so much on top of this. And then you all pride yourselves or at least put out there the ability to customize both the workflows, the interfaces, things like this. And that just, it's an amazing breadth of functionality. But I want to ask, how do you think about making sure it's, let's call it useful breadth and not tipping into that sort of jack of all trades, master of none conundrum, if you will? For sure. That's a great question. So the short answer is, it's because it's an upgrade path from startup to exit, right? So literally... The day that you get your EIN number, well, first you got to get your bank account and then you get your EIN number, right? Literally, either you can choose like startup or just have your accountant do like the write-up because that's the day that you can start. So we do have this upgrade path, right? Yeah. It kind of goes back to that previous life I had with the consulting company for like 10 or 12 years is that continuously we were getting people that outgrew QuickBooks, right? And this was back in 2001 to 2011. And so constantly I was upgrading them to mid-market systems, right? But the pain that they were going through at that point was like, oh, wait, this is not the right time to have that pain. I mean, what is the right time? But it was like, okay, well, what if they could have that up until say that they need to go to like an SAP Let's say they need to go to like an Oracle or they need to go like a NetSuite or something like that. Because when you're in that growth period, okay, you got your first couple of years, you're going, and then all of a sudden you hit that ramp. And then you're hitting that ramp and all of a sudden it's like, we've got to switch accounting softwares because we can't handle it. Uh-oh, I've seen it. I've been there. I've been right in the middle of it. And it's like, oh, wow, there's a hindrance now all of a sudden and it wasn't the right time. So what we wanted to do was have an upgrade path from startup to exit. And that exit sometimes can also be like merging or we got bought by like another company. <laughs> that's what the upgrade path is for. And that's why we have write up, which is the business owner never sees the software. <laughs> the accountant or the skilled advisor is the only one that ever sees the software. That's like best case for a lot of these when you're in the beginning. <laughs> then there's startup. For those that are like, well, 
I'm a business owner, but I would like to play with the bank feeds. I'd like to make some payments and work with my skilled advisor. Then you get to the next level, which is like, oh, business. Okay, I'm going to start invoicing. I'm going to start doing purchase orders and sales orders and bills and stuff like that. Okay, cool. So now your business is moving, right? Then you get to professional. Oh, we're actually going to start tracking inventory and doing assemblies and things of that nature. And then you get to start going up and it's like, okay, now we're starting to grow even more. Okay, cool. Let's start customizing. So as you see, there's this path from beginning to exit, exit always being like, you're probably going to be going to, like I said, getting bought out. You're going to be on public or something like that. And yeah, sure. I'd love to say they're going to stay with us, but you know what happens. Typically they're like, okay, you got to go get Oracle. You got to go get NetSuite. You got to go get SAP or something. That's part of the IPO or something, right? Sure. So what I'm here to say is, yes, there's an incredible breadth of functionality and that is intentional. And you've really thought very diligently about that customer growth path, but really the solution to not letting customers be overwhelmed by that, in a sense, it sounds like is packaging. It's putting packages in front of customers, or in this case, in front of the account partners who might bring them onto the software. Like you said, even basically at incorporation, package appropriately. And it sounds like there's a little bit of UI difference, but you really package the features intelligently. So if you're within your ICP, there's a very clear, you can grow with accounting suites basically until you go public, which is of course, every founder's dream. That's true. Right. Exactly. And it's funny you mentioned every founder's dream because one of the things we've always envisioned was working with some VCs is being that package for the VC community. Very hard to get in, still trying, but you know, that's something we would really like to be like, oh, here's a VC company. We got some of our clients are like using accounting suite so they can get up to that IPO. Yeah. But does use that kind of business model. Yeah. Well, maybe dovetailing from some of the breadth of that functionality. I mean, we talked about banking integrations. We talked about e-commerce and payments. I'm going to assume you haven't built all of that from scratch these days, that you've used them embedded fintech vendors, you know, the APIs or the platforms in order to offer those products. So let's talk a little bit, how do you think about, or maybe what lessons have you learned from working with embedded fintech? What watchouts would you caution for others who have not been building one company for a decade plus? Where do you see sort of the pros and cons of working with these types of tools? Awesome. I love this subject. So one of the things I used to say, I don't say as much anymore because I don't have a lot of time to do it, but when we came in and right was uh, API or die, basically, it feels like in this ecosystem, API or die. And, you know, now we're getting to this newer world, which is like embedded. But one of the things I want to come back to a little bit is there's differences, right? Like when we started out, we really with our partnerships, we call them deep integration. So what's a deep integration? Deep integration is like with Stripe as an example. Stripe is literally inside of our software. There's column names called Stripe ID. There's pieces that are in there called Stripe number, things of that nature, right? So like literally when you click that, you have to go inside of accounting suite, click the button, and all of a sudden there's new stuff that's inside the software. Like, oh, wow, that wasn't there before. Avalara is like another example. So those we call like deep integrations versus connections, right? So we use Zapier, but that's a connection. And those are great things. And I know there's a lot of our competitors have connections 
not quite deep integrations. But, you know, of course, you had to choose those wisely, which leads to what we're in now in this new decade, which is embedded. So just by chance, there was that Finnovate in, I think that was October of 2022 in San Francisco. And it was all about embedded finance. And it was just ironic how we found out about embedded payroll and everything kind of at the, the same time was, you know, coming out. So instead of white label is what we kind of used to call it. Now it's embedded. And I would say the first thing is choose your partner wisely. Because example with Gusto Embedded, right? We looked at ADP white label and several others like Patriot Software. I mean, we use Gusto YLSI for the last four, five, six years, I think, for the Gusto API since 2014. Gusto has a great partner team. They have a great support, the presentation, the partner program, team to back us up, very personal and professional and focused on small business. So when you're going to embed something into your product, you're going to have to do some due diligence. You're going to have to have a checklist because just like with the deep integrations, when you start using embedded, that's for the long haul. So I would say it's kind of one of my things when we're looking for a new vendor. I'm not the only one that does this. It's super common. It's like, well, give me a list of three vendors minimum. So I think with embedded finance, embedded payroll, embedded e-commerce, these things, like that's one of the things when you're going into it is get a checklist, figure out what are the important things about and realize that it's more than just popping some code in there and then hitting buttons and going live. It's way more than that. Support is huge because in any embedded technology, because now you're presenting to your customers. And so you need to make sure that you have great support and then it's a great you know partner team. So I feel like I'm hearing four key things there. One, pick your partner well, and really what that boils down to are the three pieces under there, get a good list of vendors, get educated on the market a little bit, have your checklist, so to speak. And three, think about it holistically, not just the technology side of things, but the support, the holistic customer experience. That's how you need to pick a partner because it should be for the long haul. And I want to acknowledge that, yes, we're Gusto Embedded, but it's kind of fun to hear that like, hey, we used to just call this white label sort of perspective. The plays kind of come back around, the words we use with them change just a little bit. So thank you for that. Accounting Suite has been around for over a decade. So you've seen some of these trends come and go. You've seen opportunities come and go. And I was surprised to learn that you're a blockchain enthusiast. So let's talk crystal ball just a little bit here. Where does blockchain, where does Web3 fit in the future of I'll say accounting first and maybe relating back to that relationship with the advisors, but also just when it comes to deep integrations or things like that, where do you see the future going in terms of blockchain these days? What I would say for blockchain is that for the future, one thing I got to put in there is that blockchain is built for accountants. It's funny to hear it with all these different things out there. But it's almost an accountant's dream in a certain way. But the future for accountants with blockchain really is less time auditing and reconciling and more time adding value. My visual on that is this. There's two accountants sitting at a table. One is from company A and the other one's from company B. Right in the middle of them is the blockchain ledger. So basically, they're looking at the same thing. So 
there's no more, well, this is how we're going to book it on our side. And it looks like this. And then the other one's like, well, it's going to look like this over here. So those days, well, it looks like this over here and this over here. Well, those are gone because this is what it looks like. So there's a central, like in the middle of that table. No, that's the transaction. So you're both going to book it the same way. Obviously, sender and receiver are going to book it differently. But as far as the numbers, the dates and all of that kind of stuff, it's right there. So just with that little visual, like there's so much change right there because so much time is spent on just that, literally just that. So with all the time that's not spent on that, now it's like, okay, cool. All the stuff that goes in is already done. Now let's just look at the results. And that comes back to these skilled advisors and these CPAs. They're basically financial health doctors. You know, you think about it, you go into the hospital, there's triage all the way up to the surgeon, right? They may with accountants, you know, you've got maybe someone that's like, you know, bookkeeper for a long time. So they have this skill set. Then you have someone that's CPA. Sometimes it's funny when I talk to CPAs are like, oh, cash accounting. I don't know anything about that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I crack up. I'm like, no way. That's a trip. But it's like, if you need to go for like a certain type of your financial health, diagnosis or like analysis, you go to a CPA, certain type of financial health, you can go to an accountant or like a tax accountant. So I think the adding value and then from a skilled advisor's perspective, they're going to be spending a lot more time giving those diagnoses, which also means speed. So now reporting is faster and faster and faster, which then leads to faster decision-making. So from a business owner perspective, it's great too. So that's just kind of one of the topics. Another thing is I see NFT accounting being kind of a big thing to like tackle. Shockingly, NFT accounting, a lot of it's done manually. And I won't go into the craziness of that right now because you got to go to like block explorers and all sorts of stuff and literally go in and manually like figure it out and then look at the valuation and all sorts of crazy stuff like that. And you see it with softwares like Legible and so many others out there that are doing like crypto accounting, like crypto ledgers. There'll be more APIs to blockchains into the blockchain explorers just for like NFT and crypto entries. Whoever's listening, there's huge opportunity to come up with technologies and make that happen. Because just how it is and has been in the accounting technology ecosystem, what has made it so amazing and fun is the APIs. On my monitor, I have the accounting ecosystem picture, right? Because I love to explain that to people. This is who we're building for. We're not just building for this, we're building for that. And so that's a huge opportunity. So then for like the accounting software companies, it's going to be like connecting to things like chain analysis is like a big thing. And I would say for the accountants and skilled advisors and CPAs out there, Definitely look at some organizations, like something like a Wall Street Blockchain Alliance. I was just fortunate enough through the AICPA Roundtable to become a member of that. I've learned so much. It's a great community. Get into those communities like that. That's just one. But Future also says gas fees will go down. So our familiar you are with blockchain, no pun intended, but that is a blocker, is the gas fees. But as these technologies progress and begin to account for the gas fees and the gas fees coming down, that's when more and more even the blockchain will become like a bigger part of our lives. 
I do have one kind of side note that I think I tweeted it or something like that, maybe on LinkedIn. I was watching season three, episode six of Mandalorian. And in there, I don't know if it's like a spoiler, but when Mandalorian and Bo-Katan, I think they're trying to solve a case. And the way that they figure out who did it, there was a reference in Mandalorian to blockchain because they said, oh, well, where did that come from? And they said, oh, well, look at the block. And they actually showed this crazy looking blockchain. That's how they figured out who like did just to add kind of coolness to it. Christopher Lloyd and Jack Black are actually like a part of it. Right there, it's like, wow, that's pretty futuristic. We're showing it in the Mandalorian too. So hopefully I answered your question. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> I love it, Kurt. And more importantly, I like that we've got you on record on gas fees are going to go down, a few of these things. So always fun to come back and, and see how it is. No, I'm kidding. I actually, what I really appreciate about that more, and the analogy makes a ton of sense, it's kind of like medicine. If accountants really, these skilled advisors really are sort of your financial doctor, when we take away some of the enormous amount of time spent just reconciling transactions, that allows for more specialization. It allows you to go find that specialist. Hey, we have a rapport. We need to understand it. We need to know how to act. And so you're going to see that there's going to be demand for the specialists who can help these companies react and react in almost real time. That to me kind of crystallizes the impact that this could have soon. Well, Kurt, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for sharing some of your opinions with us. Before we wrap up, could you please let listeners know if they would like to connect with you on social media or otherwise, where can they find you to connect? For sure, LinkedIn. That's where I do most of my social media. And then we have our new website going live tomorrow, accountingsuite.com. Then also the Forbes Financial Council is another place to find me. And then on Twitter, I'm at Rock and Roll MBA. Well, for listeners, we'll make sure to link to those resources and any others mentioned in the show notes. Thank you for taking the time with us. And Kurt, thank you again for joining us and sharing your thoughts. Awesome. Thank you, Brian, for the opportunity. Big fan. Thank you for listening to the SMB Tech Innovators Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and subscribe to enjoy future episodes. This episode of the SMB Tech Innovators podcast is brought to you by Gusto Embedded. Gusto has spent a decade building and testing its payroll, tax filing, and compliance infrastructure, which is available as a robust set of APIs so you can develop custom-tailored payroll solutions. For more information, go to embedded.gusto.com.